guys sound great today. Excited about continuing in our series we've been calling Pursue. We are pursuing God on a deeper level in a higher way. Now, today, how many know that God is calling us to a greater life? And we're talking about this, pursuing a greater life. If you don't know this, you need to know this. Our life is called to live at a greater level. That he has called us to live at a higher level. It's a trade up, as we talked about last week. We trade up to a better life. I trade my old life for a new life. I trade my old mind for a new mind. I trade my old heart for a clean heart. I trade my love for his love. Today, I want you to trade up and I want you to pursue this greater life that he has for all of us. Remember when we used to actually watch commercials? Back before we had, you know, watch on demand. We could watch a show without commercials. We used to have to sit through these things called commercials. And nowadays, unless you're watching a live ball game, you usually don't watch commercials. We either DVR it and skip right through it, or we have it direct on demand. But I remember, you know, there was, a, there was an interesting thing that happened with almost all the commercials, especially the infomercials, when I was growing up, where they always end like this. They would sell you on a product, tell you how, to, how, to, how to, this product will change your life, you know, and how great it was. And then they'd always close out the commercial with this. Act now, and we will double the offer. Yes, twice as much. Or act now, and we'll slice the price in half. You know, and why did they did, I mean, every commercial ended this way. There was a reason why they did that, because they understood psychology of us that we always are looking for a good deal. It's hard for us to pass up on adding value to our lives. It's hard for us to pass up on a good deal and adding value. But as we talked about last week, it's never enough. We can never add enough value to our life. So what happens is this. Remember one of the first games we get as a young toddler in preschool, and even before you get to preschool, one of the first toys we buy our children is the toy of the shapes and how the shapes go into the right hole. And so how many had this as a kid? All you pretty much had this somewhere, I'm sure, either at school or you had one at the house that you played with, your kids played with, your grandkids. And I was the kid who always knew, listen, I know you're supposed to put the right shapes into the right hole, but I can make it fit no matter the shape. And I would try to cram. I know the triangle can fit in there. Look, I get one corner in and I step on it and push it in, bang it through, and it popped through and be all broken or out of shape. But see, it went through. Like, it was my job to prove that the manufacturers were not right, that you can get more than that shape through there. But really, this is the way it is in our life, that all of us have a God-sized hole in our life. And we're all trying to fit the wrong pieces in there. We're trying to fit the God-sized hole in our heart and in our life. We try to fit it with other things. If I can just achieve this, that will fill that hole. If I can just reach this kind of salary, I will be made whole. If I can just fit in, if I can just get this house, if I can just get this status, if I can just get this ministry. I mean, all these things we have in our life, we're constantly trying to fill the God-sized hole. But how many know there's only one piece that actually fits it right, and that's God? Only one piece will fit our heart right, and that's God. God has made a God-sized hole so that God 
can fill that God-sized hole in our life. Only there will your soul be satisfied. Only there will your heart be satisfied. Only there will your spirit be satisfied. We keep trying to fill it with the wrong things. And so we are pursuing more of God this year. And Jesus made these words very clear. Often when he was calling his disciples, he said, come and follow me. Drop what you're doing. Come and follow me. The word follow me means to, when he said this, meant to actually unify with him. To come along beside him. To join in unity. And so it actually means to pursue with him. And so today we are pursuing God because he calls us all to come follow him. Today I want to talk to you about not just an individual calling, because I remember one time in scripture, we're going to look at it here, where Jesus actually told the whole multitude, come and follow me. It wasn't just for personal disciples. He also told the big group, come and follow me. Let's pick up this story in John chapter 8, verse 12. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you, let's say it together, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Now, what he was saying was this, when this originally translates, he was calling us up to a greater life. He was saying, you follow me, you're going to live a greater life. You're going to have greater purpose, greater love. This is what it means. It wasn't that you can just see where to go, but he was saying, you're going to have a greater life. I've got a greater life for you. I want you to trade up your life for the life I want to give you. He wants us to trade up, pursue him, and receive this greater life he has for us. So, so how do we do this? How do we follow Jesus? He says, if you come to follow me, you're going to be the light. I'm going to show you the way. How do we do that? Number one, write this down. We've got to step back. Step back from our judgment. Step back from our judgment. Isn't it true that it's really hard to tell when we're judging others? We don't always realize it. It can, it can happen and we don't even realize we're doing it. But the opposite is also true in this, that I may not always know when I'm judging somebody, but I always know when somebody's judging me. That's easy to pick up on, isn't it? I feel judged. They're judging me. Oh, they're making me feel judged. They may not even be judging. We feel it just coming off of them. They got such a judgmental spirit. It's not easy to detect in us but it's easy to detect when it's happening to us. And we all can fall under this. You see, before Jesus declared, I am the light of the world, come follow me to the mass, we have to look at context and see what just happened. Before he declared this, we had just seen a story of a woman caught in adultery and they brought Jesus in front of the multitude, in front of all the disciples, in front of all the people who are following him. They brought this woman caught in adultery, are like, Jesus, here you go. Here's this woman. We caught her in adultery. What are you going to do? First of all, time out. Where's the man? Please help me. Somebody help me. Why is it the woman gets brought out here? Because it's easy to judge other people instead of judging yourself. And she brought him. They should have been bringing the men and anybody else she was having an affair with. They should have been brought out there as well. Let's make it very clear. 
But like Jesus, what are you going to do about this woman? She's been caught in adultery. And according to law, she deserves to be stoned. So they show up with stones in their hands, telling Jesus, what are you going to do? They put Jesus on the spot. Because they were like, all right, are you going to follow the law? Or are you going to say it's okay not to follow the law? Which one is it, Jesus? They're trying to trick him. And Jesus goes and he ignores them. He kind of like writes in the dirt with his finger and it's like ignoring them. But they keep going on and on. Jesus, what are we going to do with this woman? What are we going to do? And you ever realize that when you're working out and you start working out, maybe you made a New Year's resolution to get back into shape and for once you actually kept that resolution. You start eating healthy again and you start exercising again. And after about three months, you're like, man, I'm feeling good. I lost, I've got new clothes and I got back into some clothes I couldn't fit in. I'm feeling good about myself and I'm doing this and this. And you start feeling better and all of a sudden you start judging everybody else in your family, all your coworkers who aren't exercising, who aren't eating right. Are you going to eat that? Are you going to drink that? And you're like, oh, man, I can't believe you're going to eat that. I can't believe you're going to drink. I can't believe you're not going to work out. Forgetting that was you three months ago. Now all of a sudden you walk into this judgmental spirit all of a sudden because we, we're doing good. It's easy to get there not even realizing we, we live in there. Look at this spiritual growth chart. I think it's important for us to see. We're all on a spiritual growth chart. We're all on there. And so if the cross is at zero, then we see the negative five would be as far as away, let's say negative five is as far away from the cross as possible. And then after you hit the cross, you can, you can go and you can grow and there's things you can happen. You can make it longer to Jesus and you can kind of grow from year to year. Let's say plus five is the height of spiritual maturity and negative five is as far away from Jesus as you could be. What happens is this, we, we, we find Jesus, we find the cross and then we make a journey to start growing and we, we start growing and we start growing and we, we grow. And after a couple of years, we look back and go, wow, okay, man, I've made improvements. Yeah, I've changed some things in my life. Yeah, I'm doing better. Yeah, I'm faithful to church. Yeah, God, I'm even tithing. Yeah, I'm even doing this. And yeah, I've stopped doing this. And all of a sudden, we can be so full of pride and not even realize it. And what do we do when we look back down there? Do we look back with, with judgment? Do we look back condemning other people? Do we look back judging other people who are not where we need to be? What needs to happen is this, is that we've got to learn that I'm called to, yes, I'm called to get here. And we're all on this journey. We're all either at negative five, negative four, three, two, one. We're, we're at the cross, new Christians embracing the cross. We're maturing, growing. We're all on the spectrum somewhere. But the problem is this, is that we get down here on the plus side, and then we look back down there and judge them. We judge everybody else who's not doing the way they should. And what is to happen is this, as followers of Jesus, if you're going to truly follow Jesus, you got to learn when I get down here, my job is to look back and throw back the robe to other people and to bring others into the kingdom. 
No, come on now. You can do better. Come on. I see you're close to the cross. Let me tell you about my experience. It's been the best decision I've ever made. My life is spiritual healthy. My marriage has never been better. My, my work life is changing. My family life is changing. My thoughts are changing. I've dropped some of the bad habits I had. And now I'm doing better in my life. And you can do the same. Come on and join me. Come on. Trade your life. I never regret it. This is where God wants us to live our life in a place where we'll never forget where we come from. We're not called to judge those over here. We're called to help them come back over here. That's what God wants to do in our life. Throw the lifeline out. Let them know. See, we see the light and we move us forward. But don't look back and judge. Look back and throw a lifeline. See, these religious leaders, they, they were like, all right, we've learned the law. We've kept the law. We're growing. We're, we've, we've earned this degree and we've done this. And all of a sudden, we've done this. But this woman, she has. This woman's been caught in adultery. And they show up with rocks in their hands. They show up ready to stone her. And they keep pressing Jesus. Jesus, you better judge her. Jesus, you better tell her what the law says. Jesus, you better follow the law. And Jesus tries to ignore them. And finally, they push him for an answer. And I just want to tell you, it's one of my favorite responses that Jesus ever made. Let's look at it right here in John 8, 7. They kept demanding an answer. So Jesus finally, after drawing in the ground, stands back up and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. What an answer. You're talking about a mic drop moment. It wasn't a mic drop moment. It was a stone drop moment. Because the Bible says they all dropped their stones and they left because none of them were without sin. You see, I want you to get that. If you're going to follow Jesus, you got to drop your stones. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus, you got to drop your stones. Quit looking to judge people and look to throw out the lifeline to people. God is wanting us to rescue these people. Listen, he wants you to let go of your rocks. Some of you are carrying around rocks of judgment with you all the time. Listen, there was only one person who was qualified to throw a rock. He, without no sin, was Jesus, and he never even picked up a rock. He never even tried to grab a rock. He didn't have to drop the rock because he never had the rock to begin with, which shows you the heart of who he is. Yeah, the law says this, but also it says don't judge. It also says love. See, some people have made it their professional Christian calling to judge everybody else who isn't living up to the standard they think they need to live up to. Some people think it's a, it's a godly calling. I'm called to, to call out righteousness. I'm called to make you live and told the line. Listen, you ain't going to make anybody do anything. It's God and the Holy Spirit who changes people's lives. The only thing you can do is throw out the lifeline, train them up, encourage them, teach them the word of the Lord, and let God change them. But see, this is what we do. We go back on the timeline, and we get there on the chart, and we, get, and we pull out our magnifying glass and we look back with the magnifying glass look how big their sin is <laughs> like that wasn't you come on now 
Uh, why do you use a magnifying? You use a magnifying glass when you're looking for evidence to convict somebody. Like it's going to make you feel better about yourself if you can say, oh, they're, they're, they've made mistakes too. Come on, it's real easy to get into this judgmental spirit and we don't even realize we're walking around carrying our stones. We've got a magnifying glass out looking back. Look how far I've come. Now look at those people over there. Comparing myself to them. I think Jesus had a lot to say about that. He said, quit judging your neighbor. He goes, quit worrying about the speck. I see the speck in their eye when you got a log hanging out your eye. But we look back with a magnifying glass, looking to condemn, looking to convict. But what we need to do is look back with the binoculars. Why? Because when I look back with binoculars, I can see. See, binoculars are used in search and rescue. I'm not looking back to condemn somebody. I'm not looking back to bring judgment on somebody. I'm not looking back to convict somebody. I'm looking back because I say, hey, there's another one. Throw out the lifeline. Hey, there's another one. They're getting close to the cross. Come on, you can do it. Let's help them. Come on, you can do it. What are you doing when you look back? Are you looking back in judgment or are you looking back to search and rescue? That's what we're called to do. If I'm going to follow Jesus, I got to stop judging. I got to step back from my judgmental spirit. See, judging is a pathway to being miserable in your life. People who are stuck in judging spirit, they're, they're miserable. They have a life full of misery. And they have nothing else better to do than try to point out everybody else's mistakes and how they're not living up to the standard they think they should live. See, joy is void when you walk in a judgmental spirit. There's no joy there. There's no joy in judging people. Look at this statement. Now, mature believers, now look, mature believers use the truth of God's word to build people up and not to tear them down. That's what mature believers do. They use God's word not as an excuse to judge you, but they use God's word and say, come on, there's a better way. Come on, you can do better. Come on, you can receive healing. Come on, you can receive forgiveness. Come on, you can grow. Come on, you can get out of that addiction. Come on. This is what he wants us to do, to lift people up. I'm trading up. I'm trading up. I'm trading up, and I'm calling people up. I'm not judging them. If I want to follow Jesus, I've got to let go of my stone. I've got to let go and step away from my judgmental spirit. So this week, when you find yourself trying to take up your stone, this week when you, man, you want to, that person at work is getting on your last nerve and you're wanting to judge them. Come on now, when you, that classmate, you know you're wanting to judge them. Maybe your husband, like my wife, she wanted to judge them. What do you want to do? I want you to drop your stone. This is what this lady heard. Drop, 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 drop. Can you imagine the impact of her thinking she's about to be stoned and all of a sudden all she hears is stones dropping to the ground. That's our Jesus. That's the Jesus I serve. See, it's okay not to be okay. Let me say it again. It's okay to not to be okay. 
For we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And there's only one person that can put my life together again, and that's Jesus Christ. And it's okay to come in and say, I'm not okay. But we love you enough to tell you there's a better way. You're going to have to be stuck there. Come on and join us. Come on. Get away from that addiction. Come on. Leave that sin behind. Come on. Let's press forward. There's a better way. I love you too much to let you stay there. I want to encourage you to come up. But I'm not judging you. We're not going to judge people. We're going to love people. What God has called us to stop. Step back. Remember, I'm called to pursue Jesus. And Jesus, when he had a chance to judge, never even picked up the stone, more or less dropped the stone. This is who Jesus is. His life was full of grace. And number two, you got to step out of condemnation. Quit condemning people. Quit condemning people. We either condemn ourselves or we condemn others. Let's be honest, we, we don't need other people to condemn us because we condemn ourselves, don't we? It's really easy for us to condemn ourselves. Boy, I made some stupid decisions. Boy, I made some dumb mistakes. Boy, I blew it with my family. Boy, I blew it with this. And we look back and our life is full of condemning ourselves. You know, it's important to understand that what Jesus said, look what Jesus said in John 8, 10, and 11, now in the same story. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, hey, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she re replied, and Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. I love this because he says, I don't condemn you either. See, I want you to understand something that when you Understand that God is not condemning you. He is loving you to the cross. He wants to pull you out to a greater life. He wants you to be exposed to his light because when I leave my sin behind, I'm able to see the light of God and I can live at a better level. He's asking me to trade it because there's so much greater that he has for my life. But he's not sitting there condemning me. He's calling me out of where I used to be. You got to understand that because see, when I let other people's condemning me, their opinions shape me, and then I am living a prisoner to everybody else's opinion about me. And I'm not called to live a prisoner to anybody else but to God. I'm a prisoner of God. I'm a servant of God. I belong to him. He's the one who died for me. He's the one who set me free. He's the one who healed my body. He's the one who transferred my mind. He's the one who healed my heart. He's the only one that fit that peace into my life. So therefore, I'm not worried. About, listen, we all like to be liked. We all want to have a bunch of followers and a bunch of likes. And none of us like when people give us negative comments and speak things about us, whether they're true or untrue. I don't want you condemning me. And you don't like it when someone condemns you. But we got to realize this, that God said, neither do I. I don't condemn you, lady. Come on. He, he's not here condemning you today. He's here loving you to the cross. He's loving you to a different level. See, when I give my emotional and mental struggle and time to all these people I'm worried about, they're keeping me bound up in their opinion. They're keeping me bound up in bitterness. They're keeping me bound up, and I can't go out here and live my life. 
I can't go out here and be effective for the cross. I can't go out here and live at the next level when I'm bound by all this bitterness and unforgiveness. Drop the rock if you're going to follow Jesus. Jump out of your control. Jump out of the people who are condemning you and stop condemning yourself. I love this verse in verse 11. We just read it again. Let's look at that verse again, 8, 10, and 11. I love the last part of this because Jesus says, does even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she says. And look at Jesus' response. Jesus said, neither do I. And then most of us, we read this response. Jesus doesn't condemn me, so we only read half of the next line. So we read, go and sin. Come on now. Well, if Jesus doesn't condemn me, then I guess I can go out and live my life how I want to live. If Jesus isn't condemning me, then I, I can just go out and sin and do what I want. He said, go and sin. And we'll forget the last part. No more. It's an important part. But take everything into context now, understanding the story we just heard, understanding how Jesus just responded to this lady, understanding how Jesus was responding to the religious Pharisees. Understand this, that, listen, just because he doesn't condemn you doesn't mean he's still not calling you. See, when he said go and sin no more, what he wasn't doing, he was inviting her to live at a greater level. He had a greater life for her. He had a new life. He was wanting her to trade her sin for a new life in him. He had something greater. And he said, go, come on. I don't condemn you. Now trade your sin. I'm inviting you up to a new level. Understand that. It, but it wasn't. I know people who use this as, a, as an excuse. Well, Jesus said, go and sin no more. They're sinning. Sinner, sinner, sinner. Uh-huh. Why ain't you special? Look at that. Look at those sinners over there. Sinner, sinner, sinner. Jesus said, go and sin no more. And you're sinning. No, he said, drop the rock. Drop the rock. Drop the rock. Leave your sin behind and trade it in for something greater. It was an invitation for a greater life. That's what he was wanting to give. But in that invitation, know that our life is full of his grace, that he's not condemning us, but he's loving us to the cross, at the cross, and after the cross. It's him that is pushing us with his love. Get honest with your own self. Get honest with your own sin. What am I hanging on to that I need to trade in? What is the sin in my life that I'm hanging on to that God wants me to trade in and walk even closer to the light that he's got for me? Don't get, get so caught up in the sin part that you forget that he's called us to drop the stone. Jesus didn't come to die on the cross to agree with your accusers. He didn't come to die on the cross so that he could tell your accusers, you're right. Yeah, we're right. He died on the cross so that you and I could be free of the power of sin in our life. No more is it going to keep me separated from God. But now I'm covered with the blood of Jesus because of what Jesus did on the cross. My life has been forgiven. My sins have been forgiven. I can walk in the new life. It doesn't have power over me. I can lay down some things and I can grow and I can give it up for God. That's where it's at. I love this last verse I'm going to read to you in John 3, 17. 
very clear. What was God's purpose? He, he did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He's not condemning you. He's loving you. He didn't come to condemn you. He came to save you. Through him. Through him. Today you realize this, that I want you to put down your stone. I want you to drop your magnifying glass. I want you to quit taking your stones with you to work tomorrow. Where do you condemn people? Well, they don't believe in God the way I do. Well, they made a big mistake. Well, they hurt me. We walk in carrying stones all the time. Don't even realize it. Well, I've grown, so why aren't you growing? I've changed, so why aren't you changing? No. Let's make sure tomorrow that when we leave, that we leave our stones behind. Let's don't take them with us. That's for Jesus. That's for God. God will deal with people. And right now, the way he dealt with us, he died on the cross for them and he loves them. And even though they may not profess Jesus, even though they may not even understand how much he loves them, I'm going to love them because he loves them. And I'm going to try to reach them the best I can with God's love, not with stones. I'm not looking to point out everywhere they're wrong. I'm only looking to point out how God has changed my life, how he's impacted my life, and he can do the same for you. Embrace the cross. Where are you at on the spiritual scale today? Are you using stones? Are you using magnifying glasses? Or are you throwing out a lifeline? Are you looking for search and rescue? Father, today, forgive us for carrying stones. Help us as in our pursuing of you, God, that we would be people who could drop our stones and show your love. Show your forgiveness to those who don't even deserve it. Even those who haven't even asked us, God. There's many people in this room today, I feel like the Holy Spirit's really, really ministering to you to drop your stones today. You know, you just feel it in your spirit. God, I'm carrying around these stones and it's heavy. Judging and it's heavy. It's keeping me back. And today he wants you to be free of that. If that's you, you say, Pastor, I'm ready to be drop my stones. I'm ready to be free of that way. Can you just raise your hand where you're at? That's me today. Yeah, thank you. Others, yeah, lots of hands going up. God wants me to drop my stones of judgment today, unforgiveness. How many today say, Pastor, I, I just need to drop not only my stones, I need to drop where I'm at and give God my life. I need to surrender my life today to him. The Bible says that we all must enter into heaven through the relationship with God. Do we believe that his son Jesus died on that cross for my sins? I can't earn it. I can't be good enough. I can only receive it by grace. That means freely given to me. I don't deserve it, but God gives it to me. I believe that he is the Lord of my life. He died as the Messiah, God's only son. He died on the cross for my sins and the sins of the world. That he was resurrected on the third day with the power of death, hell, and the grave. Today, if you're ready to put your trust in God, and you've never done that before, without anybody looking but me, can you just raise your hand where you're at and say, Pastor, that's me, I'm ready to do that. Let me see you. Thank you. Anybody else want to join them? 
Thank you. I see those hands, guys. One more time. If you didn't raise it and you want it right now, just raise your hands. That's me, Pastor. I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. If you raised your hand, I want you to say this prayer after me. As Christians around you, we'll say it with you as well. Say, Dear Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I believe you are the Messiah, God's only Son. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. And from this day forward, I will live for you and I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer for the first time and you, and you meant that from your heart, we say welcome to the family of God. Give him a hand, Fabio. Stand on your feet this morning. I want to pray for you. Many of you raised your hands as you stand up. I want to pray for many of you who raised your hands and said, Pastor, I need to drop my stones. I need to drop it. I've been carrying around this judgmental spirit way too long. I've been hanging on to grudges. I've been hanging on to those who have hurt me. And I want to pray for you. Can I invite you just to lift your hands up as a surrender to God? Say, God, I'm ready to give up my stones to you. Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you're allowing us to drop our stones today. We're dropping our rocks, God. And I pray that you're allowing forgiveness to come through us today, God. May your grace who overwhelmed us at the cross today, as we follow close to you, Lord, may there be a release. May we drop our stones in Jesus' name. May judgmental spirit drop off of us in Jesus' name. God, may we now be search and rescue. God, may we throw out lifelines of your love to those who need it more than anything else, God. May we let go of the judgmental spirit, God. And may we be encouragers. May we be people who love those who have blown it, those who are lost. God, may we show them the light home. And Lord, I just pray right now, God, you're doing something right now. People are dropping their rocks right now. In Jesus' name, you're dropping your rocks. God's letting that weight come off of you right now. That weight is dropping off of you. You're hanging on to it today. God is setting you free. Say, God, I'm dropping my rocks right now. In Jesus' name. And God, you're setting them free by your grace, your mercy, and only your healing power in Jesus' name. Come on, let's sing unto him.